Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! You know, let me start with a, a short story first. Um, you know, recently I had a conversation with one of my neighbours uh, and uh, we were just bumping into each other and just getting to know each other a little bit more. Uh, as some of you might know that uh, I have a dog and that's always a good icebreaker because uh, people like to pay attention to the dog and then they ask you questions and then you get to ask them questions back. And so, you know, one thing led to another. Uh, you know, oh, how long have you been living here? What do you do? Etc. Uh, and, uh, you know, because I... I, I I work full-time as a pastor. Uh, whenever people ask me, can I be honest with you? Whenever people ask me, uh, people outside of church, you know, sometimes people in, in church also ask me, what, what, what is it actually that you do? Um, and about actually when people outside of church ask me, so, so what do you do? Um, I'm always uh, stuck because I'm like, oh, you know, how do I explain what I do in a very... Uh, a circular way, in a way that, that somebody who has never been to church will be able to understand. And this has kind of like been an inside joke with uh, me and Kat, you know, some, every now and then I would joke with her. I said that, oh, maybe I should start a LinkedIn profile and call myself, you know, some, some silly title there. Of course, she just shakes her head and just tolerates me because she's a very faithful wife. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll say things like, oh, uh, 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 do you think I can start a LinkedIn account and, and, and put a title there? I'm a spiritual therapist. Do you think that will work? And then she just you know, rolls her eyes, uh, you know, or, or, or sometimes I'll tell her like, oh, maybe I can put a title there, you know, I am a, a, a you know, a human resource consultant, you know, uh, for spiritual matters or, or different things. Um, and so as my neighbor was asking me, uh, so, uh, you know, what, what do you do? Um, I was like, oh, how, do I, how do I communicate it effectively? I'm not ashamed of, of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of serving Jesus. But I'm, I'm, I, I care about communication. I care about wanting people to understand and not in belief shut off. Uh, and so I just told them, you know, oh, uh, I work as a pastor. You know, are you familiar with the term? You know, basically, I, I work, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in church, and I help to lead our church services. Uh, and, uh, and of course, the person said, oh, yeah, I know about church. I think in university, I had some friends who go to church, you know. I'm not particularly religious, but I've been to church. And, and then I tell them, say, oh, yeah, please come and visit us. You know, you'll be more than welcome, you know. And that God uh, gave me an excuse to go like, yeah, so, you know, Saturday mornings, if you hear like music coming from our flat, you know, that's our church worship team, you know, practicing. So you can come and, and see them, uh, uh, you know, uh, in, in person as well. Uh, and then the person says, so, okay, you go to church. Right here. So what, 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 what happens in church? What do you do in church? And again, I'm like, oh man, I'm trying to tell, you know, the person in, in ways that they will understand. And right at that moment, uh, I felt, you know, at that moment, I didn't quite know it. I, I was just like, I just suddenly felt these words come. And those of us who are familiar, you know that sometimes the Holy Spirit you know, he, he does that. You know, sometimes we're like, oh, how do I say something? And then, and then suddenly your tongue loosens and then you're able to say something. And then if you had an opportunity to pause and rewind and listen back, you kind of go like, wow, that sounds really intelligent. And, then, and, and definitely it didn't come from me because I, I wouldn't not be able to sound that in, intelligent or that smooth or that articulated. And, and so what happened to me was that I was, I was like, oh, well, so what happens in church? And I go like, well, uh, first of all, you know, we welcome everyone in church. It doesn't, you don't have to believe in Jesus to come to church. And, and what we love to do in our church, and this is what I believe the Holy Spirit gave me utterance to say, uh, I said that, oh, when we come to church, what we do is that we, 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 we welcome everyone. Uh, we do our best to, to, to love and support everyone. Uh, we make it a point to learn their story. And we make it a point to share our story. And ultimately, our hope is that they will know God's story. And, and, then, and then, you know, and the person looked at me like, oh, wow, like, like as if like, I've never heard church explain that way to, to, to me before. And, and what he didn't know was, I was like, yeah, and I, this is the first time I, you know, and, and I was like thinking like, Holy Spirit, I think you must be doing this. And so as I was walking my dog, I was like, you know, after that, said goodbye, and I couldn't be walking my dog. I was processing this, like, oh, I hope I said this, the right thing. I hope that was you, Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit began to say, no, that, that's me. And, 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 and this is exactly what I want my church to, to catch. And, 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 and the Holy Spirit began to let, lead me to, to John chapter 4. You don't have to turn to it yet. But in John chapter 4, you have this encounter. Jesus had this encounter with a woman at the well. A Samaritan woman at the well uh, who had a lot of 
stuff going on in her life. Uh, and, 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 and the Holy Spirit began to say that, see, what, what I helped you to articulate was exactly what Jesus did. Jesus sat at the well, and Jesus inquired about this woman's story. You know, how many husbands do you have? In fact, Jesus knew it already. Jesus just to go like, bring your husband. And then he says, I don't have one. And then Jesus goes, that's right, you don't have one, you have five. And, 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 you know, and, and, and Jesus wasn't afraid to just have a conversation. And, 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 and as Jesus was, was hearing from this woman about her life story and her questions, Jesus never judged her, but, but made it a point to learn her story and in turn told his story, which is also God's story, and said that if you only knew who it was that was asking you for some water to drink, you, you would ask me for water because I'm going to give living water. And they had a back and forth conversation. And you can go back and, and, and read that. We, we, we don't have time to go into that today, but, but it's, it's good reading. But then the Holy Spirit began to lead me to John chapter 4, uh, uh, verse 34 and 35. And, 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 and if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to John 4, 34 to 35. And we also have it flashed up on the screen. And, and, and as Jesus had this back and forth with this woman... You know, she, you know, Jesus knew that she, she was not living a, a, a godly life, but Jesus didn't judge her. Jesus was interested in her life. Jesus wanted to tell her that you matter. And, and, and you matter to me. And, and that back and forth led that woman to, 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 to kind of like run away for a bit so that she could bring back the whole village. But in between that, the disciples of Jesus came back because they had gone to buy some food for him and come back and go like, hey, teacher, teacher, master, master, we've got some food, please eat. You know, you've been working hard and, and please eat, please eat, you know. Uh, and, and then Jesus had this to say. He said, Jesus said to them, his disciples, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Let's just pause there for a while. My will, my, my, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and finish his work. And God began to, you know, impress upon me and says that, you know, Dave, you need to, to, to get this right. You and the whole church and my people need to come back to the heart of evangelism again. Because there's no, Jesus is saying, there's no greater joy. How many here love food? Come on, don't be shy. And I love food. And Jesus loves food as well. But, but Jesus is saying that, you know, and, and that's why, you know that Jesus loves food. You know, people criticize him in the Bible. You know, he says he eats too much. He's a, he's a glutton. That's why his disciples went to buy him. And it's okay. Food is good. And, but Jesus says that, but, but there is a better food to be had. That, that, you know, there is something else that can bring you as much joy as your favorite meal. I know some of us here, you know, if, if I say the word rice, your face lights up. You know, you know, if some of you here, if I say the word egg fried rice, your, 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 your teeth comes out, you know. And, 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 and if I say, I don't know, you know, uh, uh, roast duck, some of you start drooling. Uh, uh, or, or Korean food or, or whatever it is. And, and, and Jesus is using that, or a very human understanding, or a very human craving for food. And the joy and the sustenance that, that, that good food brings. And Jesus says, my food... My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. How many know that when Jesus died on the cross and He rose again and He ascended to heaven, He, he, he entrusted His disciples to finish the work and says that you go into all the nations and keep preaching the good news. And, and that, that commission, that, that mandate still is with us today. And, and God is saying to us as a church, hey, you know, don't look at evangelism like, like it's just a skill that a select few can do. It is food for your soul. And some of us here, we think that what we need is, is, is deeper teaching. What we need is a more happening church. Or what we need is to go to some conference. Or what we need is better worship. No, Jesus says that what you need is real food. And you've been feeling weak. Your spiritual walk has been wobbly. Not because you've not been reading the Bible, but because you've not been doing His will. You've been reading so much. You've been having so much knowledge, but there are no fruits. And one of the fruits is to finish His work. 
And God is saying that there's no greater joy. You think money can bring you joy. You think a job at that prestigious company can bring you joy. You think a relationship can, can bring you joy, like how good food can. And God is saying that there's something better than that. is to do the will of God and to finish His work. But the truth is also this, that many times we are afraid. When we think of evangelism, we think of rejection. When we think of evangelism, we think of fear. And God here is trying to teach us again, you know. And I believe that, that, that through that little encounter I had with my neighbor, God was trying to tell us that, tell my people this, that, that, that ultimately being an evangelist, if you don't like the word evangelist, here's a new word, be a storyteller. Be a storyteller. Do you know that the Bible is, is, is 66 books, but it tells one story. One unified story that, 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 that is about Jesus. Amen? And, and, and what we are, people that, that tell stories. And, and, and God is saying, tell my people this, you know, that, that, that don't think that people are not interested. You know, in fact, let's continue reading on verse 35. Jesus says, do, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes, look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And Jesus has been saying this 2,000 years ago. And, and when I read this, it, it, it hit me like, like, like a train because, you know, some of us here, if you do ministry or if you're familiar with, with, with just even life in the UK, you know that September is a big restart. School starts again. University starts again. In fact, some of us here with jobs, you know, you can go for an interview and you can even be hired. Congratulations, we want you. Wow, great. When can we start? Next year. Next year, September, because we have a big intake where everybody starts the job. And, and there's, there's, there's something about September uh, that's like a big reset, big restarts. And, and, and maybe for some of us here, you're graduating this year. So maybe you've even got a job lined up in, in, in your home country. And that's also starting in September, October. And, and, and after a while... You know, if I can be honest, when we, uh, you know, when we do church, when we do ministry in this country, uh, often enough, um, you know, summer can, can feel like a little kind of like sleepy season. People go on holiday and, uh, and, and, and then we're just calling like, okay, let's take a little break before we relaunch in September. And yet Jesus here says, and I felt like this was for me and maybe for, for, for us as a church, he said, no, do you not say there are still four months? You know, four months time. You know, right now, we just started July. Gosh, where did the year go to? You know, and in four months' time, it'll be like, you know, July, August, September, October. Yeah, around there, September, October. And God is saying, no, some of us here, you think that September, October, relaunch, reach new students, reach new young working adults. God is saying, no, people are hungry right now. And, and this is not Jesus speaking for 2023 only. This is Jesus speaking, you know, in, in, in AD, I don't know, 33 or AD, you know, uh, 32 at least. And, 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 and God is saying that people are hungry all the time. People are hungry to hear your story of how God met with you, of how God changed you, of how God healed you. You have a story to tell. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have a story to tell of how real God has been to you. And, 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 and the world and, and your past experiences are, are trying to tell you that, that you're not good enough to tell that story, that people are not interested to hear that story, but the Word of God says that people are hungry and the harvest is ready now. Not in September, not when you are ready, but now. Now. And, 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 and what we need to do is be people, again, who will go like, God, I need to re-look at, at what reaching out means. It's about finishing the work. It's about doing your will. And, and, and this is actually what I need. This will grow my faith more. Because that's the other thing that happens when you eat food. It grows you. It gives you strength. And some of us here, we need strength. And God is saying that you need to live out your faith. You don't need more faith. You just need to live out what you already have. You need to work with what you already have. And so maybe for some of us here, that's an encouragement because you've got a story. 
In fact, we, we are so committed to this that, that in two weeks' time, we, we want to dedicate uh, a Sunday. Uh, some of you who have been with us, you probably have heard from your home leaders in the chats or in person going like, eh, anyone, any testimony? And what we hope to do is to dedicate one Sunday for people to share their testimony. And I know that there's at least, you know, you know four people who are, you know, I hope they don't bail on us on that, that weekend. Uh, last minute, they go like, oh, I can't make it. <laughs> uh, but we want to start to create a different culture and platform people to share their story and, and, and so that different ones can, can be blessed and inspired and, and to maybe even realize, wow, actually, I've also got a story to tell. Oh, wow, actually, sharing my testimony is not that hard. Oh, wow, testimonies are impactful, powerful. Amen. And so, God, God that, that's, that, that's something that I want us to catch as a church. Amen. Let's be witnesses. Let's be storytellers. Let, let's tell God's story. Let's tell a good story and God is good. Amen. But that's not even my, my message. You know, in fact, you know, if you're taking down notes, you know, why do you write this down? Salt and light. That's the title of my message today. And it all links up. Because while on one hand, it is very important for us to be witnesses, to be storytellers. But do you know that there is one thing that can hurt uh, 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 a good story? It's, it's the credibility of the people who create that story. You know, we live, this is, I'm just going to switch gears to talk about something very secular. You know, we live in a very secular world and you, you hear of, you know, different actors and actresses getting cancelled all the time. Right? And so it doesn't matter. They do, wow, wow, what a great movie. And then suddenly people go, and it, and it won awards. Uh, uh, and then suddenly a crime was exposed. And suddenly the credibility of the director comes to the question. Suddenly the, 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 the main actor who, who everybody adored turns out to be a creep. And then now suddenly people go like, I don't think we can watch that movie anymore. I don't think we can even, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, it, it, this is not, you know, uh, uh, those of you who... who I, you know, I don't know, follow Marvel. You know, recently I heard that, you know, they got all these plans because they make all these plans and, and recently one of the actors has some, some, some you know, uh, uh, accusations and so now there are whisperings of like, oh no, they're not even sure if there's going to be an Avengers 5 or 6 because suddenly now, you know, what do we do? You know, because we have a problematic actor. And, and so what's also very important besides telling a good story is your credibility, it's people's perception of you. And yes, as, as, as Christians, we, we, we shouldn't be like the world. When, when the world says, let's cancel the person, our heart should be, let's, let's try to restore that person. You know, when, when the world says, you know, uh, 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 you know hate them, you know, we, we, our, our Lord and Savior says, forgive your enemies. But of course, what we need to also know is that, and then God articulates this in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in, in, in talking about, uh, uh, you know, the anointing of David, you know, he told the prophet Samuel that man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And, and we, we celebrate the fact that God looks at the heart, but we forget that God is also giving us a little sneak peek into the human condition, which is that like it or not, people look at the outward appearance. And so, if we want to be effective witnesses, we've got to care about how people perceive us. And I'm not talking here about looks. So don't, 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 don't feel pressure, okay? Those of you who hate going to the gym, it's okay, you're in a safe space. Okay, I'm not asking anyone, I'm not saying that, hey, no, from today onwards, everyone in our church must look like a supermodel. No, no, no. Just, just, just model after Jesus. That's the only model you need. Amen? And, and so, you know, I, uh, God has another word for it uh, uh, about perception and how he wants his people to be experienced by the world. And, and for that, let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 to 16. Matthew 5, 13 to 16 says this. Jesus says, you know, Matthew 5, again, homework, it is the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus is there preaching about, you know, how his kingdom is going to be. And then he, he says to his listeners, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor... How shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lamp stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. 
Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And so Jesus knows that, that you know, that, that He's going you know, to go to the cross and, and, and out of that will, will come life-changing stories of redemption and forgiveness. But, but, but He also wants His messengers. How many know that many times in Christianity, it's not the message of Christ that people have an issue with, it's the messengers of Christ. And so while, while God wants us to be people that will take the Great Commission seriously and to see it as food for our soul, He also wants to make sure that, that we also work on areas that we need to work on so that when we present ourselves to the world around us, uh, um, they will be able to receive us. Because again, God knows our heart, but then people look at the appearances. And so what kind of appearances do we need to have? What kind of people uh, should we be? I've got three points for us today and, and these are the three types of people that God wants us to be so that we can be effective messengers, so that we can be salt and light to a world that is hungry. They are hungry, friends. You know, the, 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 again, you know, recently there's a survey that says that you know, the, the amount of people professing to be Christians is, is reducing, but, but overall, the, in, in the UK, I mean the survey, but overall, uh, religion has increased. It just means that people are hungry. People are still hungry. Amen? And what we need to do is learn to be people who will present and represent, or in other words, you like to use represent uh, the, the gospel to, to a world that is actually hungry. And, and, and in this scripture that we just read, God is asking us, hey, be salt and light. In other words, point number one, be people of excellence. Be people of excellence. And, and, and this is... God saying that, hey, know what salt does? Salt adds flavor. Good flavor. You know, that's why there are snacks out there that, that that's how they branded it, salted. Right? You know, nobody goes like, hey, buy our latest uh, crisps, bland. You know, it's like salted, you know, or, or lightly salted, uh, or salt and vinegar, but, it's, but, but salt is good. Yeah. And, and, and God is saying that, are you adding good flavor? When, when you go to your, your, your offices, uh, are you a force for good? When you go to your hospitals, when you go to your universities, when you go uh, to your banks and, and wherever it is that you work, your law firms, your engineering firms, your software firms, wherever it is that you work, you know, are you a force of good that when you show up, are you bringing excellence? Are, are you, are you uh, uh, enhancing the flavor? You know, do, do you know that there's a secret about salt? They say that salt actually doesn't make things taste salty. Salt just makes the thing taste like the thing. It actually enhances things. So it makes chicken taste more like chicken. It makes meat taste more like meat. It, it enhances. It improves the quality. In fact, if something is, is you know, uh, uh, cannot be lasting long, a salt can even add, not just add flavor, but add to the longevity that's why all of us here, we love bacon. And bacon is cured, it's salty. Bacon by itself is not salty, you know, but, but, but the finished product, cured with salt, it makes it desirable. It makes it something that you would want extra servings of when you go for brunch or whatever it is, you know, and, and I hope there are bacon lovers here, okay? And God is saying that, can you be, you know, people who add colour? Because that's what another thing light does. Light adds colour. Those of you who've done the, the prism experiment, you know that you shoot a beam of light into a prism, out of it, psh, color, yeah. color. And, 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 and God is saying that, my people, can you be people that will enhance my created world and bring color to it? In other words, for us as Christians, God is saying that, hey, if you're going to be a student, be a good student. If you're going to work, work well. Be people that are excellent. Don't be people who go like, you know, oh, uh, sorry, uh, show up late for work, you know, because I was so busy last night at the Bible study. Yeah. Don't! <laughs> you know? You know, no, let's not just be people that, that prioritize one over the other, but let's be excellent. Yeah. Amen? You know, I don't know, be disciplined. Some of us here, you, you, you think that, oh, what you need is more spiritual discipline. No, you need discipline, discipline. 
And, and out of discipline comes spiritual discipline, come hygiene discipline. You know, right now you're like, you know, you're not brushing your teeth, you're not combing your hair, you're not reading your Bible, you know, you're not sleeping the right time and you're wondering, God, what's wrong with me? Discipline. And once you get that right, you know, do you know that even, just for example, right? I know students here, I love you. Yesterday you just had a picnic, so you know how much we love you, okay? Okay, so that was the deposit, now it's the withdrawal. Do you know that as students, no, I still love you, you know, you know, sometimes the students, we go like, God, I want to impact my friends. I want them to take God seriously. I want them to know that God is real. And, and yet, as a lot of students, we, we have bad sleeping habits. We sleep at 5 a.m. and wake up at 4 p.m. You know, our rooms are untidy. Or we're last minute with our homework. We, we are disorganized. And yet, we tell people, hey, you need Jesus. And then they're probably thinking, uh, okay, I don't have Jesus and I sleep on time and I wake up early. I hand up my assignments on time. You have Jesus. You come to me and try to copy my homework. You no, know, I, I don't know. You know, you, you use the bathroom and you never flush. You know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Excellence, friends. And, 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 and do you know that sometimes the best way to, not, not the best way, but maybe one good way to impact even your friends, and you want to show them that God means business, that God is real, and He can, because God is real, He can bring real change. I guarantee you, start waking up on time. Start going to classes. <laughs> and then your friends will start going like, whoa, what happened to you? What happened to you? And they go like, no, nothing happened. God happened. <laughs> you know, I just realized that even in my studying, it's a form of worship. Worship is not just singing songs on, on Sunday. It's not just, you know, uh, crooning to my favorite Spotify worship playlist. It's, it's, it's going, turning up to work and, and doing the work well. That's worship. And so be people of excellence. Amen? Be, 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 you know, bring Jesus to your workplace. You know, ask yourself, you know, in, in the 90s, when I was a teenager, you know, there was a, a, a movement, what would Jesus do, WWJD? You know, there were bracelets, and that was, I mean, and, 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 and what would Jesus do? And that inspired a whole generation to kind of like, in all the grey areas that you're facing in life, you know, when, when it feels like the Bible doesn't have an answer, the Bible has an answer, it's just that teenagers were too lazy to find it. You know, just, just, just ask yourself this instead, what would Jesus do? What kind of boyfriend would Jesus be? You know, what kind of lawyer would Jesus be? And don't go theological, uh, well, technically Jesus wouldn't be a lawyer because he's the judge. Anyway, so, <laughs> okay, yeah, those who study law, you understand that joke now. And, and, and you know, don't, don't go into all that, but to go like, hey, okay, how can I be excellent? Amen? And in your excellence, you're actually adding flavor and color to your world. In your excellence, you're actually helping people to take you seriously. Amen? Amen. Praise God. No, there's a, there's a, there's a quote you know, from Tim Keller who passed away. He says that uh, before people can find Christianity believable, they need to find Christianity respectable. And, 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 and God is saying that let's be people of excellence. Amen? So that there is respectability. You bring respectability to your faith and to God. Point number two, be people of consistency. Jesus says, you light the light and it cannot be hidden. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nobody lights a light and keeps it under a basket. Instead, it puts it and places it on a lampstand so that all can see. The light shines for all. So are you shining all the time? If the light shines for all, we've got to shine all the time. And, and that's also another thing. You know, are, are we consistent in our walk with God? Are we just a hero in church but a zero at work? Or the other way around? Do we use a certain set of language in, uh, in, in church? Or, and, and then outside, we, we, we would use a different type of language and a different set of values. You know, I remember Pastor Kenneth uh, many years ago told us that he had to, you know, correct a businessman because a rich businessman would come to him and go like, oh, you know, Kenneth, you're a pastor, but I want you to know, you know, there's Christian ethics and then there is business ethics. 
And then Pastor Canada said, no, that's just ethics. And that's what uh, sometimes as Christians we do. We try to separate. And when we try to say that, okay, all this only applies, you know, here and all this, you know, but in the world, how, how I spend my money, that's, that's up to me. How I invest is up to me. How I run my relationship, that's up to me. How, how I live my life outside of church, that's up to me. God is saying, no, shine your light for all to see. Because the truth is this, you never know when people are watching. You never know. You know, years ago, again, my age is showing, you know, there was a, uh, uh, I heard this saying that, that when we interact with people who don't know Jesus, do you know that whether you realize it or not, they put you under the microscope. They put you through the CSI process. Some of you are thinking, what's that? CSI was this show in the early 2000s called Crime Scene Investigation. Just a good, this is how, how young or how old the church congregation is. You know, and it talks about this, this police team. You know, forensic police team, they, they, they take, you know, uh, uh, you know, microfibers, fingerprints, they put it under, you know, uh, uh, you know those electronic microscopes, enhance, enhance, enhance. And the thing is this, when we say that, hey, I believe in God, He's changed my life, people will start looking at you. And, 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 and you have no control when people look at you. And that's why we need to be consistent. You know, every now and then I'll, I'll meet somebody who's now a Christian, but when they first joined a church, they weren't a Christian. And they would tell us like, yeah, when I first came, I was so nervous. My God was up. Don't say non-Christians, even some Christians. You know, I still remember, you know, Noelle, when she first came to our church, you know, she told us that, uh, you know, after church service, she ran out the door, even though she was a Christian, because she said that when she came, the church was so tiny. You know, at the time, our church was like, you know, 10, 12 people. And uh, but no, by faith, she came, and praise God, by faith, she stayed on. Uh, and, uh, but initially, she would run out, because she's like, it's so small, is it a cult? You know? And... Uh, and also, even Christians, right? We, we, we have our magnifying glass up. What more non-Christians? Yeah? yeah? And, and, and so we just need to be consistent. We don't need to put on a show. It's not about putting on a show. It's about just being consistent. If God is God, let Him be God of all of your lives. No point standing here on a Sunday singing, you are the Lord of Lords, but at home you are Lord. From, from, I don't know, what time to what time you are Lord. And you're singing one thing, but you're living another. And God is saying, be consistent. Show them that God is the same God. In the valley low or the mountain high, He's the same God. When you're rich or poor, He's the same God. If you have a job or don't have a job, He's the same God. You know, whether you, you are going through a depression or you're, 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 you're going through cloud nine, He's the same God. Whether you're sick or healthy, He's the same God. You need to trust Him. And you need to experience Him as the same God. Be consistent. You know, walk by faith to be consistent. You know, and, and, and you know, and it's not just others that will be blessed. You will be blessed. Amen? You know, another thing is this. You know, many times we, we want to, you know, we want to, you know, want people in our lives to, to come to know Jesus. And, and I always tell people this, you, you've got to be consistent. You know, some people come up to me and they go like, oh, you know, uh, my boyfriend's not a Christian or my girlfriend's not a Christian. How, how, will, how can I uh, win them over to Jesus? And I always tell them, well, you need to take Jesus seriously. Because if you don't take Him seriously and then you want somebody to take Him seriously, aren't you a hypocrite? And how can that person who, who, who knows Jesus through your life, actually? Do you know that a lot of people in this world might not read a Bible, that, but they'll gladly read you. Your boss will read you before they read the Bible. Your, your, your family will read you before they read the Bible. And that's where consistency is so important. Amen? Point number three, we need to be people of action. People of action. In other words, are you living out your faith? You notice here that Jesus says in, in verse 16, right? And, and let your light shine before men. No, before that is let your light so shine before men. In other words, that this is what shining means to me. You know, this is what being a light means to Jesus. Being light means that your good works 
will be presented for all and that men may see and experience your good works and then glorify your Father in heaven. Is it important to talk about our faith? Yes. So that, you know, they, they know that you have a Father in heaven. But you know what will ultimately convince them? Again, Jesus here is, is pointing us back to what God told the prophet Samuel, that people look at the external. And, and, and for far too long, as Christians, we, 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 we talk a lot, but we don't always walk the talk. And, and, and what we need is to take our theology and apply it. And not just preach about forgiveness, but actually forgive. And not just preach about freedom, but actually live in a free way. Free from the temptation of money. Free from the temptation of greed. And you know, many times Christians will be like, oh, Jesus has set me free. But then when the, when the share market goes down, you, you, you lose all joy. Or when, when your investments don't play out, you know, you, you, you're paranoid. And then, you know, you, 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 you freak out. But your actions are not matching the Word of God or what you preach. And God is saying that, I want my people to be people of action. You know, I want them to live out. I, I wrote here, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's the truth. You can tell them, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. Do you love them? Do you love them? You know, and, and this all lines up because talking about consistency, sometimes we, we, we show love, very sacrificial love. You know, I'm, I'm so blessed to be in a church where people really love each other. Here's my challenge. But would you love people who are not in your church in the same way? Because, you know, we, we, we set, you know, church folks' birthday, yay, celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Your colleague's birthday, uh, something, yeah. You know, did you, did you bring the cake? Because, you know, the culture here is if it's your birthday, you bring cake or you bring chocolate, and then you write an email to the whole office saying, hi, it's my birthday today. I've left cake in the pantry. If you'd like to, you can have a slice. And yet in church, we surprise people with cake. Why are we? Light that shines in the church or light that, that is like a city on a hill that cannot be hidden? Maybe, maybe you bringing a cake to bless somebody at work could be the secret to revival. And here you think that, man, you know, God, can you resurrect Billy Graham from the grave and send him to my office and get him to preach so that they know that resurrection is true because Billy Graham is living again and, and Billy Graham can preach like how Billy Graham can preach. Then my boss can come to know you. You know, God ain't going to do that. But you know what? Maybe the Holy Spirit will lead you to say, hey, bless somebody, lunch. Buy them a present. Oh, but I'm not very close with them. Are you close with everyone in church? And yet, you sign a birthday card. God bless you. you. You know the relationship by how long or short the wish is. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm just like, just poking. <laughs> now everyone's pressured to just add sentences. <laughs> Just add scripture. You know, I don't know you, but I'm going to add, use bigger fonts. You know, but I'm just saying that we're so gracious. We're so gracious to people in church. But God wants us to be a light for all. And so maybe the secret to revival, the secret, you see, I, I, I truly believe that in all of us, there's a powerful God story that people will be so impacted by if they only had a chance to hear it. But before they get to hear it, they've got to be interested to hear it. And then they've got to be interested to know you. And for some of us here, you know, and maybe this is something that you, you need ask God for, to ask God for, for courage because for, for you, it's, it's not to say that you're afraid to share the gospel, but, but your workplace scares you. You feel out of place. And this is where you need to remember again that God says, you are the light of the world. Where you are placed is not a mistake. You are sort of the earth. And God's placed you there for a purpose. God's placed you there. So shine like a city on a hill. Shine so that all in the house will see. 
but also provide good works, be excellent, be kind, be loving, show grace. And then when people see your good works, they cannot help but thank God for you. And then you can say, speaking of God, <laughs> would you like to hear how real He is in my life? How He delivered me from my eating disorder? How He delivered me from my suicidal thoughts? You know, how, how he, he fixed me in, 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 in one Sunday what six years of therapy were not able to fix. Would you like to know that story? But before that, you got to show up on time. <laughs> you got to hand in your work. You've got to be punctual. You've got to be organized. You've got to be people of excellence, people of consistency, and people of action. Amen? And, and you know, can I use this little uh, uh, um, uh, analogy? Yeah, um, you know, how, you know, we, 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 uh, we are children of the Most High God. We belong to the kingdom of heaven. And so, regardless of where you're from, you have dual citizenship, you know? And, and, and part of that, what the call of Jesus is, is that we are meant to be ambassadors, representation of that kingdom, okay? All right? And God just wants us to introduce, to be ambassadors. That's what ambassadors do. They go and they make a good impression. They show diplomacy and, and, and introduce a different culture, so that it will inspire further interest in that culture. Okay, in case this theological thought is, uh, you know, flying past your head, let me reframe it. K-pop. Okay, stick with me. K-pop. Okay, I almost called today's message the theology of K-pop, but Kat goes like, no, 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 no. So salt and light it is. <laughs> K-pop. How many of us here are from Korea? None. And many of us here, you love Korean culture because it just so happens to be the, one of the predominant Asian popular cultures of the world. Not even Asian culture anymore. It's a predominant popular culture of the world. You know, it wasn't too long ago where I was in the London underground and saw this bunch of teenage girls from the Middle East and I knew they were Middle East because they were in their burqas and all that. But they had their phones. And their phones, even though they were covered up, their phones were not covered up because their phones were covered by stickers of BTS. <laughs> and in their hands were, 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 were uh, Korean ramen, Shin Ramyeon. And, and they had just... And, and they're going like, okay, these are girls from the Middle East, but they are into this music from the other corner of the world. And through that music, you know, I'm not sure whether through the boys, they are listening to the music or through the music they are knowing the boys but they are now moving on to the food you see how it works because that works for a lot of us for some of you you go like you know because of your interest in Korean culture due to representation in the form of a K-pop band whether it's Blackpink or you know um once or twice or, you know, like well, all those names, right? <laughs> Big Bad Wolf. Uh, I, I don't, I, yeah, just, you know, the, the, the thing about Korean culture, just make up a name and most likely it is a, a thing, right? Even just say Supernova, you know, it's probably a up-and-coming boy band or something like that. And, and you know, you, and, and, and through that representation, right? And because they are so excellent in their dancing. They're so excellent in their choreography. They're so excellent in their singing, maybe, not sure, because I don't understand the language, but it sounds good. But they're so excellent in the production quality that people take them seriously. And then because of that, they go like, maybe I, I want to know more about your culture. And that's why many people in the world who are not from Korea now can speak some Korean. Kamsa Hamida, Anyo Haseyo, Kimchi, Bulgogi, KFC. <laughs> you know, like, like, do you see? So, so from, from excellent representation, 
people make the effort to learn the culture, discover the culture, pick up the language. If you want to see the, the language change in your workplace, you know, we live in the UK where unfortunately the name of Jesus is more akin to a swear word. It's expressed in anger and frustration than, than the name of our Saviour. And, and we can either have two ways to go about that. You can either, every time somebody says it, you check them on it, or you can be so excellent in what you do that people cannot help but now respect the name of Jesus. Now when they say, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, it's no longer sarcasm. It's sincerity. Because that's what's happening in true K-pop. People are relearning a language that they do not speak and learning to pronounce it in the right way. And then, with all that interest generated, now more and more people say that, I want to visit Korea. I want to go to Seoul. I want to go to Jeju. I want to, you know, wherever it is, I want to go to Korea. And then that's what God is saying to us. Be a city on a hill. And, and, and in your excellence, and your, your, your righteous representation, generate interest for people to go like, tell me more about your culture. Tell me more about your values. Tell me more about how you do things. I want to learn. I don't speak the language, but I, I think I want to learn. And I want to visit. You know, a lot of times you go, I want to bring my friends to church. Yeah. But would you bring church to them first? And make them so blessed by God, even at the workplace, even when they hang out with you, that they go like, I, I, I want to have more of what you have. I want to visit now. And then we can show them a greater experience of the kingdom of God. Amen. Do you understand this, friends? Salt and light. Let's not be a, let's, again, I believe that God is telling us this message because right now we are, we're right smack in the middle of, of 2023. Let us not pass this year by without seizing every opportunity we have to show love to the people around us, to be salt and light and, and to be agents of the gospel, to tell God's story. Amen. But let's also be witnesses, credible witnesses. Because that's also the other thing. If, if a witness is not credible, even in the court, they can, they can kick the witness out. The, the, the adversary, the other side, can go like, you know, that, credible is not, that, that witness is not credible. No, don't listen to them. That happens. You know, your honour has seen the crime. And then all the other side needs to do is this, okay, were you intoxicated when you saw the crime? Uh, did you have something to drink? Uh, a little, see your honour, not trustworthy. So our credibility matters. Our integrity matters. Our excellence matters. Our consistency matters. And our action matters. Would you commit this year to say, you know, if there are areas in your life that there's been some disconnect, you believe it, but you're not living it out yet. I'm not here to judge you or con condemn you. I'm here to tell you, would you ask God to help you connect the dots? Would you help to ask God, help me to be more consistent. Help me to be more whole. God, God, I, in, right now, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But God, I don't want this to forever be my excuse. God, would you help the flesh to be submitted to the spirit? Submitted to you. Amen? And the beautiful thing is this. God invites us to do this together. It says you are a city on a hill. A city is never one person. A city is a community. Right? If, if, if city of one, that's not a city, that's a house, a very big house. A lonely castle. But a city is occupied by different, different, different people. And God is saying that let's help each other be a city on a hill. Let's encourage each other to be consistent. Amen? And ultimately, the, the love of God is this, that, that you see that God says that, hey, represent me. And as you're representing me, do me proud. God doesn't say, be good, then you get to represent me. Do you see the, the gracious nature of the gospel as well? God didn't say, you get your act together and then be my ambassador. That, that's what happens in the real world or that's what should happen in the real world. 
You know, where people, I don't, you know, I don't know, you, you interview for the job, you qualify for the job, then you do the job. God says opposite, you do the job, and then I will qualify you. You know, I, I will work with you. I will help you to shine. I will light your fire. Amen? So again, don't, don't take away the wrong idea from this message and go like, okay, I guess I'll just work on myself first. No, no, no. No, let God work on you. Let, let, you know, we don't have much time. God is saying that people are hungry. People are desperate. Let, let's, let's, let's be quick to show them the answer. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. God, we thank you for your word and your instruction for us. Lord, help us even right now. Lord, we want to be people who can have good works to show the people around us. Lord, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, right now. Not just to have our ears tickled by this message, but Lord, help us to live it out. Lord, let this from conviction become action. And so God, would you help us, Lord? Help us, Lord. You know, the Bible also says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He will give you power to become His witnesses. And that's what I want us to do right now. If you're saying that, yes, God, use me, I want to be a better witness for you, then would you ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you in power? Come upon you and heal you and to, you know, restore you and to connect the spiritual synapses of your soul so that what you believe is translated to how you live. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, help us to preach the Word, but help us to also live out the Word so that our parents, our friends, our colleagues, even strangers on the street, even our neighbours, can see our good works, can taste and see and know that you are good and that you are God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.